Hey there, this is Aaron Martell from the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Podcast. Jesse, congratulations on three years of set-lusting Bruce. I'm a big fan, and it was an honor to guest on your show. Go on and celebrate your milestone. And here's to many, many more years of SLB, and I look forward to coming back on the show and talking some more Springsteen with you. Stay well, my friend. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lusting bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson but today we're kind of sort of doing a rock in the suburbs crossover um at least with one of the key people behind the scenes with rock in the suburbs (laughs) a key component i'm talking to sam hey sam how are you doing I'm doing well, Jesse. Thanks for having me on your show. No problem. Well, um, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? What's your elevator pitch? Elevator pitch. All right. Well, I'm a 21-year-old communications student from D.C. I'm currently going to school in upstate New York at Ithaca College, and I am known as Intern Sam on Rock in the Suburbs, which is hosted by Patrick Foster and Jim Lenahan. Yeah, and um, so... There is a specific reason, not only because you're a cool guy and I wanted to talk to you, but you sent out a tweet that I'm going to tease and not talk about now about um, you sent out a wonderful shout out to myself and the set lessing Bruce. So we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, and so I'm thrilled you're joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I always like to start at the beginning because that's mm-hmm. a very good place to start. Um, <laughs> talk to me about growing up. Talk about what kind of music your family listened to. Sure. So um, I grew up listening to a lot of Motown. That was that was the big music around my house. We had it in the car before baseball and soccer games, before school. It was really a lot of Motown. And then also some classic rock, um, everything from Aerosmith to ACDC to Queen, you know, but very basic classic rock stuff. And But missing from that classic rock lineup was Bruce Springsteen. My family really didn't play a lot of Bruce Springsteen all that much, so I hadn't really looked all that into him until this point. So, yes, I did listen to classic rock, but believe it or not, not a lot of Bruce Springsteen. That's okay. Um so you're 21. So mm-hmm. what what kind of music did you listen in high school? Were you um, on the um, pop charts, uh, hip hop? What what kind of music did you listen to? You know, my my music. Um, I think it veered a little bit more towards hip hop when I was in high school because um, that also was not really a genre played often through my house. And I think my brother first started playing it, and then I started to get into it a little bit. Um, not really any artist in particular that I liked, just whatever was on Shuffle on Spotify I would just listen to. And um, I also started to get into punk. That also was a, another big genre um, during my high school years. And uh, lucky for me, Ithaca, New York, has a massive punk scene. So it felt it felt good to come here and, and expand that uh, musical mindset. 
So, yeah, that's what I listened to in high school. So, Sam, you mentioned Spotify. Um, yeah. Were, were you a radio person at all? And I, I, I'm going to sound like an old man because I am old man. I'm 59. So uh, did Not you, that old. <laughs> did, did you, I mean, was radio part of your listening process at all? Yeah, I think so. Um, the big radio station that we have in the D.C. area is Big 100.3. They are the classic rock radio station. They're extremely popular in the area. And then we also have 94.7, which is for – they are the station that broadcasts the mainstream pop hits. So that sort of brought me into those hits. And then there's um, there's one other station I cannot remember off the top of my head, but it's in the 100s, and they do tend to play a little bit more hip-hop and rap. And that is what brought me into that scene. So I think listening to those stations actually did end up bringing me to Spotify. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Sam, you, you have a website. Um, I do. It is uh, very cool. I'm going to include the link to it. But um, it seems like you've gotten creative very early. So mm-hmm. tell my audience what about what kind of drove you. And and it uh, sounds like you played baseball and soccer, so you're doing a lot of stuff that um, you know kids growing up did. But you also there was something about creativity that hit you. So tell me a little about that. Yeah, so uh, growing up, um, I really had a lot of trouble focusing in school. <laughs> um, I, uh, there were just some topics when I was little that just weren't of interest to me. So I'd come home, and I had a fascination with uh, the Internet, which was, as, as you know, becoming huge at the time. So we're talking early 2000s, mid-2000s. And um, I had a, a big fascination with computers. And I was also really attracted to film. I grew up watching a lot of um Pixar animated films and Disney animated films, and then eventually uh, dove, into, dove into some other classics after that, like Back to the Future, so just kind of expanded that, and I realized, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, you can actually do this sort of thing. So I started to do some writing, and growing, growing up, I wasn't really the best writer, but as, um, as I went through the, uh, the American uh, school system, the, uh, the English teachers got better it, and they pushed me to continue writing more and to get better. And I still think I'm not quite there yet, but um, I discovered that I really had a passion for writing. So I just kept doing that, and I, com- and I brought it all together, full circle. Um, you know, one of my favorite um, writers, um, television, film, and he has written books, uh, J. Michael Stravinsky. He was the creative force behind Babylon 5. And he oh. quotes often, um, art is never finished, only abandoned. And mm. he talks a lot about that it is writing and that, you you know, sometimes if you had unlimited time, you would keep reworking and reworking and reworking the story. But sooner mm. or later, it's got to get out there and it has to let yeah. it, you know, um, art is to be enjoyed and to be shared. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's. Okay, um, I have a friend named Tom Zoller, and mm-hmm. he um, just recently um, had a very successful web tune um, called Warning Label. Mm-hmm. Um, that's plug for Tom. He now has it out on a trade paperback, but if you go to Webtoons, you can read it. Um, and he said the reason he's never gotten a tattoo is – 
he would he would as an artist he would have to design it himself and there mm -hmm. is nothing he's drawn ever that he wasn't unhappy with six months later i see very fascinating and 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 you're absolutely right about that i i never really feel like what i what i create is perfect it's there's always something after it's after whatever a video that I make or something or just, just a paper that I write or, or a script, I always feel like that there's something I wish I could have tweaked beforehand, you know, something I didn't realize until much, much later. Um, like for example, th this is going to sound silly, but I was working on a video last August on my YouTube channel and um, the video was, it was a basic tech video. It was how to remove a battery from a camera and it was, it was a very complicated process. So I had to make sure that what I was communicating was understandable and and easy to to get to a to an average audience. And it took months to write it. And then I didn't I wrote the video in August of 2017, and I only filmed it in March of this year. I mean, it it went on forever. I dragged it on for as long as possible, and it was it was a very intense process. So you're right. I I never really feel like it's perfect, but. When if people seem to enjoy it, I mean that that makes me happy, regardless. Yeah, and I do think that is a sign of creativity that you're going, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this, I'm gonna do this. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things about podcasts is you record it. I do very little editing, just mm -hmm. because I don't have the time, and I've decided mm -hmm. that my uhs and sos people forgive me for. Um, but when I go back and hear them, I do hear all the flaws and also go, ah, I should have asked a different question there. I should have yeah. done this. Mm -hmm. When I read interviews with actors, many of them say they won't watch their own work for that very reason, because all they see are the mistakes they made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I bet that, um, so you're you're liking computers you're working on um why did you decide to start a youtube channel so i when i was little so this was like i think late middle school there was this big trend going on with um stop motion animation and i was really into that with legos that that sort of thing so i wanted to make a youtube channel about that and my parents were firmly against it i think they were worried about that they, they didn't want me to not be creative. They, I think they felt uncomfortable with the fact of having a 13-year-old make videos on the Internet, which I understand. It's, I'm sure to think parents have thought of that as rather concerning. But I wanted to prove to them that I could do it, and I could make it work, and I could be mature about it. And I still have it to this day. I still post content to it. And it, it has actually helped me tremendously in my, develop, in my creative development and my professional development. I mean, many of the many it becomes a big talking point wherever I work. They go, so you have this YouTube channel. And I just keep telling myself, man, I'm really, really glad I started this all those years ago because I, I don't know where I would be without it, to be quite honest. It's, it's, it is what has helped me become who I am as a creator. You, you mentioned that people bring up the YouTube channel. Do you think that's helped you gotten gigs? I think so. I think that's what's helped me because they're able to really see what kind of what, what kind of stuff I create and how my mind works and how my process works. So, yeah, I actually do think it has helped me that way. Now, um, 
your pages talked about you've done web pages, you've worked at the USA Today, ICTV. Did you just talk about how you got these gigs? Talk about what, how you started working and doing this kind of, um, you know, professional level work. Sure. So I, um, I've always been fascinated with news. I grew up watching Peter Jennings when he was on ABC World News. I grew up watching 60 Minutes. Um, I grew up watching Tom Brokaw when he was on NBC News. So I've, I've been a big news guy since I was little. And um, I've, always, I've always admired reporters, and, and I've admired journalists, period. Because I think what they do is not easy, and it's thought-provoking. It's very challenging. And I've always wanted to do something like that. So ITTV is Ithaca College's local television station. And that's why I got involved. I, I pitched that multiple times, and... In order to get on ITTV, I think what also helped was my experience at um, USA Today's former college section. They used to have a section on their site that recruited college students, and college students could write on that section stories from around the country, stories from their campuses. And that, I think, also helped me as well. So in addition to showing off my writing styles there, they could also see the way I create videos on my YouTube channel, and then they were able to kind of put two and two together and then maybe let me have a chance. So um, that's sort of how I got involved with that. That sounds great. Um, so I've got to ask your secret origin. How did you become intern Sam working with Jim and Patrick? You know, that's that's a good question, Jesse. Intern Sam was a name made up, I think, by, by both of them. I, I actually don't quite remember which – one of them made it up, but they start. They kept calling me Intern Sam when I hadn't even appeared on the show yet. I think my the first time I was recruited, I they asked me to to help out. I think in August of last year, and I didn't appear on the show until October last year. So this is 2017, and I um, once I finally came on the show and started talking, I, I read one comment that said I thought Intern Sam was a made up character. <laughs> <laughs> they actually didn't think there was a legitimate person nicknamed Intern Sam. So it's it's a nickname that they created, and it just kind of stuck. I mean, I like it. I think it's really catchy. I think it's funny. I do, um, too. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. What are, besides being entertaining on the air, what are duties as Intern Sam? What are duties as Intern Sam? Well, uh, managing our website, which is suburbspod.com. Uh, we post articles up there that coordinate with our episodes, which are released on on a, on many podcasting platforms: Audio Boom, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, you name it. And those articles correspond with those podcast episodes. So there, you will find summaries, songs that are played in the episode, uh, people that star in the episode, artists, and even some fun facts and videos. So it's, um, it's, it's quite a lot. And I also manage our song list, which throws in all of which it, it aggregates all of the songs that um, we have played on that show. And we have played tons. <laughs> so it's a big list. And um, yeah, so that managing a website, um, promoting the show on social media, it's, it's wonderful. It's, it's really, really a lot of stuff, and it keeps me busy. Well, I, I love the website, and I love Thank you. The, um, I love the kind of articles. I was so happy that the guys had asked me to fill in uh, a couple of times, you know, for a couple episodes this summer, I've, you know, as a summer fill-in host. 
And I was so happy kind of seeing the um, summary you had written about the episodes that I and my other guests had attended. Um, thank so you. thank you for that work. It, it's really well done. But going back even further, how did you get the gig? How did I get the gig? So when Jim and Patrick worked for another podcast, I don't quite know what they're, I don't quite know if they talk about where they used to work a lot, but they used to have another podcast. Yes. And that is how I met them. I met them while they were working on that other podcast. And I had been, I knew Patrick a little bit better than Jim at the time. I knew who Jim was though. And I had kept in touch with Patrick over the last few years. So I first met Patrick in 2015 and I had kept in touch with him for the last two years after that point. And then he sent me a note when I was at one of my internships saying, Hey, I'm work up, we're doing this podcast. And I didn't know at the time if it, if it was through their other occupation or if this was their own thing. And then once I finally met up with Patrick and he explained to me what the show was all about, I mean, it really intrigued me. And I personally, I really wanted to expand my music taste a bit more. And I really wanted to listen to more artists. And I felt like in addition to forcing me to write and forcing me to be busy and encouraging me to work really hard, this, this also helped me expand my music taste. And it, it definitely has helped me as a person <laughs> and I am definitely more easily entertained now than I was a year or two ago. So it's been great. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you know, Sam, not only are you bringing a lot of your skill and your passion to modifying this playlist and doing the web work and sites is um, because that's a lot of work. Um, mm -hmm. I keep thinking that I want to create a set lusting Bruce, you know, web page, and I mm -hmm. just haven't taken the time to build it yet. And, uh, I, I see. and, but you do a great job of that to help them so that when you, you know, you search for it there, it's there. So I think that's important for their brand mm -hmm. and what they're trying to do. But I do think it's pretty fun that this is also, and I say forced, but it, I, I think a better word is it allows you to mm -hmm. kind of have a graduate course in other music. Yes, absolutely. And I, I don't mean forced in a negative context at all. I mean, this is, this is nothing but fun. It is, it is so much fun. This is the, I keep telling everybody, this is the coolest internship ever. It's, <laughs> I get to listen to music. I get to um, hear interviews with other artists, with you. I mean, it's just all over the place. And it, it gives me things to tell. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, and I think um, it, it's a combination of it's helping build your skills, expanding your knowledge, and um, to sound like an old band, it will look good on your resume. <laughs> Thank you. Right? That, that's a good yeah. thing to do. I agree. I love talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you um, talk about your recent purchase in vinyl. Share mm -hmm. what you tweeted, and then tell me the story behind this. Sure. So I tweeted that I bought um, Darkness on the Edge of Town, which is Bruce Springsteen's 1978 album. Am I, am I getting that correct? Yes. 1978? Okay, good. 1978. Um, I bought that album after listening to you on our show, which was episode 374 of Rock in the Suburbs. You had talked about the history of that album and of many of the songs on that album. 
And it was the first time, because you had been on the show before talking about other Springsteen-related experiences, concerts, Broadway shows, meetups. I think that there was a brewery episode at one point. Yes. So you had really talked about them a lot. And I, um, this was the one that finally fit me. And I went and I found it at a record store, and I played it the whole way through for the first time on vinyl. And I said, oh, my goodness, this guy is the real deal. This is they call him the boss for a reason. He is really, really good. <laughs> there, uh, you know, I love that Sam because sometimes there are classics that are classics because in context. If mm -hmm. you there are films and you talked about classic films, but there are certain classic films that you go. Oh, the reason this is amazing is this is the first time it's done that. And I know now then it seems cliche, but when you think about like John Ford's Stagecoach I, I, is a classic Western that now has a lot of tropes. But at the first time that was it wasn't tropes. Um, mm -hmm. The Day the Earth Stood Still is a movie I had never watched, the original, not the remake. And mm -hmm. I watched it and I was blown away what a great movie it was. Not yeah. a great movie because it's supposed to be, or not a great movie in contest, con you know, just in the context. It was just a great movie. I was like, oh my gosh, this was so entertaining. And so mm -hmm. it's very satisfying to hear you, you know, with quote unquote fresh ears, you put in the, drop the needle down and you hear this album that is beloved by so many people and you go, mm -hmm holy, this is something pretty special. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Sam, what about it kind of spoke to you? Why did you, what made you think this is the real deal? What about the album? I really like the way he tells stories in his songs. Because usually, and I've, and I've, I've just noticed this about myself, when I've listened to music in the past, it's, I've been kind of been mindlessly listening. I haven't really been digging all that deep into what the artist is trying to convey through their work. And once I finally listened to Springsteen, it's, it's like the light bulb went on in my head. I said, oh, he's telling a story. I actually have to listen. So I listen, I listen, and then as the song's done, it's then I, I, feel, I actually feel something that I hadn't actually felt before with some other songs. It, wasn't, it didn't feel like a generic pop or rock hit. It actually felt like there was crap in it. And I... It just made it clear to me why he's beloved by so many people. Um, any specific songs that stood out on the album? The Promised Land. Um, hands down, that was probably my favorite song on the album. And unfortunately, I, um, I'm, as I'm still a Springsteen newbie, I don't quite have other, other um, favorite songs just yet because I'm still listening. I'm still actively listening and trying to pick out which ones. I do like more than others, but I just thought the promise line was just a really amazing ballad. It was so well done. You know, Sam, mm. I have had um, Springsteen newbie episodes in the past yeah. where I give a list of 10 Springsteen songs throughout his career. I mm -hmm. give them up in advance, and then after giving you some time. Um, we have you back on and you discuss the 10 songs. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Either, you know, like I like them, I don't like them. 
and mm-hmm. Promised Land is one of the songs on that list. So, oh. um, so I, I I may send you that and think about it, and if you want to come back on and discuss mm-hmm. that kind of as a a hodgepodge of uh, kind of a sampling, think of it as a sampler pack of Springsteen. We could do that. I, I that sounds brilliant. That's a great idea too. Great idea. Well, thanks. Um, so this album has made you, you'd like to look at some more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I keep telling myself, I mean, God, I mean, it's at this, I'm 21 and I'm just, and I'm just listening to Bruce Springsteen. It's one of those things that I wish I probably started listening to when I was 14. Um, but I've been listening to, so I started off with Darkness on the Edge of Town and then I've been working backwards. So then I listened to Greens from Asbury Park, New Jersey, and then I accidentally skipped The Wild and the Innocent and listened to Born to Run, and then now I'm in the middle of listening to The Wild and the Innocent. The Wild, the Innocent. So it's uh, it's it's been a journey for sure. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, I'm a little choked up that um, me just jumping on the podcast got you enough to like, hey, I'm going to try this. Yeah, it, it was it was good. It was good. You were very convincing and. You are a great storyteller as well, and it was it was a good pitch. So I went and fell in love just like that. <laughs> good, very nice. Um, so what's what's next for intern Sam? What do you got planned? Has uh, has school started? School is well. So by the time this episode goes up, yes, school will have started, and um, I will be in my senior year of uh, college. So I will be. I am on the road to graduating. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and so, um, do you know what yeah. you want to be when you grow up? Well, my, the dream role is to be either an anchor or a reporter. Just any anything that has to do with storytelling and journalism. I would I would love to do that. That that would be my dream. Are you going to go to graduate school, or you've had enough school? You know, I think for now it's enough school, and then maybe if I decide, you know, maybe I do want to learn that, then yeah, I think I'll definitely go to grad school. <laughs> Um, any, um, does anything, uh, shows coming up in the near future that you're going to go see? Any shows that I'm going to go see? Well, I have a friend here on campus who is in his own band and they're just starting to sort of get off the ground at this point. And I, they're going to have a couple concerts coming up actually this year. So I'm going to try to go to more of those and, um, basically any concerts that my roommates are going to, I'm most likely going to go to. And I, Frankly, I have no idea at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah. And now, will you continue the internship till you graduate? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That's good. Well, very cool. All right. So, what haven't I asked you that I should have asked you, Sam? Um, well, you can reach me on uh, Twitter. My Twitter name is S Lisker. That's S L I S K E R. And then my YouTube channel is just my name, Sam Lisker, and Instagram is just Sam Lisker. And, yeah, that's pretty much how you can get in touch with me and uh, talk to me and see the kind of content that I create. All right, very nice. Um, I, I um, Anything you want to plug as far as upcoming um, Rock in the Suburb episodes? Yes, we actually do have a live show coming up in September. I don't know exactly when this episode is going to air, but it will be in early September. We have a live show coming up or late September. I can't, I can't quite remember off the top of my head at this point, but it is, um, it is at later, obviously l- later 2018. And, um, 
that's that's the big thing that we have coming up um, in terms of interviews and other content. That uh, that I kind of have to keep sealed until okay. <laughs> until that is announced. <laughs> so Sam, did mm-hmm. did I get at least a couple of nice people that they enjoyed my fill-in episodes? As I beg yeah. for nice, thank you. Whether you're telling the truth or not, I appreciate that. It, <laughs> it, I was so honored. They um. And, and let's be honest, they didn't ask me. They just threw an open call. And I went, I can't, I can't, I can't. Please, please, please. Um, this is great. All right. Um, hang tight Well, I take care of a little SLB um, business. You can reach this show at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at setlustingbruce. My personal Twitter at jessejacksondfw. Um, reach out to us. Give us your thoughts. Go to iTunes to rate and review us. I cannot tell you how important that is. Sam, tell them how important that is. It is so important, and we encourage that on our show as well. So get out there and rate and leave a wonderful comment. It is. It is the way people it, – it's got all to do with mathematics and, um, you know, searches, engines, and – and so the more reviews and the more five-star ratings, it's the easier for people to find us. And that's all about we do this as much as we love hearing ourselves talk. The reality is we like the people to hear, and we want to mm-hmm. share that. Um, exactly. Yes. Um, Sam, I'm going to I'm gonna email you the songs, and we'll all set right. up some time for us to talk. Thank you. Excellent. Good luck on your senior year. Uh, stay Thank focused. You. Eyes on the prize. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for all you do. I appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome, Jesse. And thanks again for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Well, you did a great job, and it was great having you. Uh, for now, listeners, we'll talk to you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.